Hubba Hubba. Hubba 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 Hubba. Okay, I think we're fine. Okay, cool. Let me close this. Let's do it. Here we go. Hello, hello, one and all. Andy Bush and Louise Maloney coming back at you here for uh, the second proper episode of our brand new podcast series, uh, The A to Z of Everything, the ultimate social experiment uh, to try and document every iconic thing in life, past and present and beyond, uh, via the fantastic organisational power uh, of the alphabet. You know how this works every week. We randomly stop on a different letter of the alphabet, guided by the world-famous Bag of Destiny, bag of beach pebbles with letters drawn on them by the kids and attempt to chronicle things beginning with a chosen letter that maybe don't get the credit they deserve. Uh, Louise, how are you doing in this in this second episode? Bush, hi. I really am. Um, I'm excited about this journey. Um, I think we got through some really good stuff last week. Yes. Um, I've got some really good stuff for you this week. Um, but I first want to check in and just ask you if everything is okay at home. Why are you asking me if everything's okay at home? That's uh, that's a teacher taking you aside type of question, isn't it? Is everything all right at home? <laughs> well, is everything all right at home? Because I was on Instagram last week and I had an alert, um, like a notification, and it said, Andy Bush is doing a live. And I was like, oh my God, Andy Bush is live. And I was like, this is exciting. I've never seen one. Live content, live content. Live content. So I went on and I pressed, yes, watch Andy Bush is live. And no joke, it was you Looking into the camera, sucking Fisherman's Friends. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Fisherman's and, Friends. But it was just you looking into the camera as people joined, putting Fisherman's Friends, quite slowly, I may add, into your mouth and sucking them into the camera. And then... Okay, provocatively. Can I add provocatively? So provocatively. And then asking people what was around them that they could see that they could potentially fit up their bum. I know. It's, uh, I just, let me, let me clarify. I was, I was. Okay. Sh- and, I, and I was just like, what kind of sex thing have I still What's going you? on here? This is, this is the and stepping stone. And I need to stone. know. This is the stepping stone uh, OnlyFans for me. I think um, if I'd have monetized that chat, we'd, <laughs> we'd be loaded, Louise. No, I, I've got this idea for a competition, which which my radio station is never going to go for, right? Imagine because you know right. you listen to radio, and the, the competitions are always the same, aren't they? The, the same old ideas have always been yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. But what about a radio competition where? Um, and uh, forgive me if you're you're listening to this out loud with other people, but you know, it's an idea. the The idea is this, right? You can win a million pounds. Think about that money, Louise. You can win a million pounds. But the way you win a million pounds is you've got to estimate the biggest thing you could get up your backside. And get it up there. And you're not allowed to try it first. You're not allowed to try it first. Think about it, right? If you're listening to this podcast right now, look look around the room. It's got to be someone in the room with you right now. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest thing around you you think you can get up your bum? And and, and then Do- you, if you get it up there, you win the money. But if you don't, then you're out. I have some follow-up questions. <clears throat> Does it have to completely disappear up your bottom? Yeah. Okay. Who is judging this competition? Uh, a panel of five judges from five different nations around the world. Whoa! Okay, wow. Yes. So we're serious about Official. this. Official. I, you know, I don't want like you know, like you have like um, uh, amateur referees, and maybe they make mistakes in in like lower league sports. This is this. I would create a cadre of um, of professional up the bum referees. Okay, and then if they have to have it surgically removed, so say it doesn't come out easily, and they have to be seen medically, do they still qualify? Yeah, I mean, it, getting it out again is is up to you. Do you okay. know what I mean, you're a millionaire by that point, so you probably get a private <laughs> medical team. Louise, I mean, obviously you're in your your little uh, office study stroke broom cupboard there. Is there anything, looking around you right now, what do you think would be the biggest thing? Because the the big risk is, 
Uh, you know, you could go really big with something, but then you might not be able to get it up there, so you wouldn't win the money. So I, I just like to caveat that I would not have asked this question if I had known that you were going to actually turn it back on me. I'm looking at, at this. You. Okay, hang on. What about this? Paintbrush. Well, like a yeah. I, I, I'm kind of thinking. If, I, I just don't think I could. It's quite long. Quite long, but quite yeah. girthy at times. I think the, the the bristles hanging out the end make you look like a little horse, like a little pony. Well, what if I cut the bristles off? You're not allowed to do that. You can't modify. It's got to go right up there. Anyway, we're, we're just, you know, freestyling some ideas here. We should do a Up the Arse podcast. Bush, you're not getting away with this. What in your room <laughs> can you see right now that you are confident you could fit up your butt? I reckon I could get this entire um, Xbox controller up there. Jesus Christ, look at the width of that. Uh-huh. Cord and all? Yeah. I, again, dangle the cord out like a little pony. <laughs> little tail. Is, um, should we move off this, this I incredibly really, I actually feel topic? uncomfortable now. And usually it takes a lot for me to feel uncomfortable. And um, we've, we've gotten there today. So thanks, Bush. I, I like the fact that's, that's a good marker for the rest mm. of the episode. Can I just say as well, we've had an incredible uh, reaction from our debut kind of proper episode last yeah. week when we did Things Beginning with D. Thank you so much. It's been brilliant. A lot of people have been talking about uh, Dandelion and Burdock. Yeah. In terms of like, you know, what is it? Can you? Here's a challenge for next week, right? We'll catch back up with this. If you, if you think you can describe the, the taste of dandelion and burdock in a mm. sentence, I'd love to hear that. Do you, would you be able to describe what it tastes like? No one can describe it. It's, no. it's undescribable. And like you've tasted it, I haven't. I need that description in my life. My God, we need we need to get you drinking some of that because that's 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 a um, a bucket list thing that you need to tick off, Lomo, for it. that. Uh, just in terms of it, Jimmy tweeted us in the week saying he's never tried it. He thinks it belongs on the same shelf as Werther's Original, Polo Mints, and other things the older generation prefer. And then Victoria says, I love it, I used to have a Christmas treat when I was younger. My mum would get it delivered by the milkman a few <laughs> days before, and it wasn't allowed to be open until Christmas Eve. That is so cute, isn't it? Hashtag Dandelion and Burdock, keep them coming in. Although Chris says, uh, medieval Coca-Cola tastes like the smell of dog shit, five out of ten. Wow, what a... What a line. What a description. What a, da- what a damning review. <laughs> um, any other things been going on in Louise World before we stick, get stuck into E this week? Because it's uh, we drew E from the Bag of Pebbles last week. No, I've been doing a lot of research and doing a lot of thinking. Um, I really, oh. I'm kind of annoyed because I forgot to give you my Irish word, my Irish D word last week um, okay. that I wanted to add to the list. And I'm going to have an Irish word as many times as I can. Um, and the word... Do you mean Irish speaking as in like a yeah, Gaelic like, or, type No, thing? no, more like a slang thing or an Irish-related Irish culture thing. Because when I was growing up, we used to use the word deadly all the time in a really positive way. We were like, oh my God, that gig was deadly. Or, oh my God, we went to the, you know, went to the cinema and that film was deadly. And when I came to London, people were like, what do you mean deadly? And I was like, what do you mean? What do I mean? And I really miss using it because it, it, it feels very, I don't know, it feels very strong and it feels very descriptive. And I miss using it in day-to-day life because I don't have to explain what I mean every time I use it because it's kind of a negative connotation, right? Yes. And no, where I'm using it, Irish people use it in a really positive sense. Like that was absolutely deadly and like that was absolutely brilliant. A bit like sick. That was a, a sick gig. A bit like gig. sick, yeah, 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 yeah. Could yeah. you have a deadly, like, ham and cheese sandwich, or would you not use deadly for that? It is so wide open, Bush. That's why it's so good. You can use it for yeah. anything positive that you absolutely have strong feelings for, but it has to be really, really, really good what you're describing. I mean, hopefully our listeners to this um, will treat treat this podcast as not only entertainment, but kind of like a Dublin linguaphone. I would like uh, that. So they can learn different words. Yeah. I mean, what would be great at the end of this series... Uh, f- for me to learn enough Irish stuff 
from you that I could go over to Dublin and try and maybe the experiment is people see whether I could trick people into thinking I'm a native Dubliner whether you'd pass or not yes what do you think <laughs> at this point How would that pan out? at this point absolutely not you're so Devon slash Bristol to me um, right so we have a long journey ahead of us but if that's the goal let's okay let's put a date in the diary what about like uh, summer 2024 brilliant get the okay. posters up in Dublin okay if you can find me because it'd be really difficult to find me because obviously I'd blend in They've got they've got like a they've got like a day twenty four hours to track me down, you know. People of Dublin, there's someone amongst you that isn't actually from Dublin. It's just a guy with glasses pretending because he's heard a load of words from his friend Louise. Oh no, you, you, we'll just all I have to say is there's a Protestant among us. You need to absolutely <laughs> sniff him out and take him down. And believe me, the Irish will be all over it. That's not the kind of uh, reality TV game I'm, <laughs> I'm interested in joining. It's not the Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> ah, come on. Ah, come on, that bus journey was deadly. No, it's too, you're doing, okay, look, well, look, like I said, it's a long journey, but that's, you're going too hard at it, okay? Okay, I'll work on it, I'll work on okay. it as, as, as things uh, progress in this episode. Right, well, let's get, let's get on with it then, shall we? Uh, we drew the uh, pebble with E written on it last week. Uh, this week's episode of the A to Z of everything is stuff beginning with E. I've had a tweet from a guy who's, who's sent us a voice note, an unsolicited voice note to kick things off, and I thought, what a great way to start. Uh, I'm just going to play it down my, um, my microphone here because I don't really know how to send a voice note to anyone that's come in from Twitter. So let's just play it out. He's called Duncan and he goes as follows. He's for Ebenezer Good. He's a good, he's a good, he's Ebenezer Good. Quite short, quite brief, but um, what a fantastic rap that was by Mr C from The Prodigy in the song Ebenezer Good. How does that song, because I've seen a couple of your live sets online, right? You always drop that song. People love it. People go absolutely crazy for it. I was going to say, yeah, so go on, tell me, what's the reaction? Do you kind of feel like, oh, things are a bit quiet or no one's up dancing, I'm going to drop this? Because they seem to just go ballistic when you play that live. It's it's weird though, because it was, you get these songs from the 90s where they were, they're quite a joke for a bit. So so whenever I used to, when I used to, when I DJ 90s stuff, Mm. I always used to do guitar indie stuff, yeah, Mm. which is great and it's fine and everything like that. That's my bread and butter. But I'd recently started to sneak in songs that, 10, 15 years ago would be considered absolutely ridiculous from the 90s. Almost a bit of an embarrassment. So Ebenezer Good by The Prodigy, um, not The Prodigy, what am I talking about? By, by The Shaman. Sneak that in and people absolutely love it. Also stuff like um, um, CNC Music Factory. Which one? Everybody dance now. Uh, 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 I mean, uh, that, that noise uh, in itself just is incredible, I think. You know, it just makes you want to like Vogue. To, to move it, but I, I put that, I threw that in there when we played at the Isle of Wight, and I thought this is going to either go brilliantly or people are going to hate it, and people go crazy for it. So yeah. I, I'm glad that there has been a reappraisal of uh, what previously were considered joke songs from that era. Cotton Eye Joe, they're coming back, Louise. They're coming back. I mean, the other two I get completely. Cotton Eye Joe, I thought, would probably just be buried and never be resuscitated again. But but I, having said that, at the few weddings I've been to, you know, when that comes on, people do get up, you know? It's such a guilty pleasure. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, um, I know you've been with your partner a long time. If you ever consider to get uh, married, maybe it could be your first dance. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, I don't know about that, but it could be your first dance. You're not, you're not married either. No, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, this, we need to get this 
all sorted out. <laughs> well, well, no, it'd be your first dance. Your first dance. Do you want to do a double wedding, Bush? Yes, let's get in the local papers. Let's do a double wedding and podcast it. That, that'd be so good. What a finale to this you know series, what I mean? guys. Watch this space. I get beaten to death in Ireland trying to do <laughs> Irish impressions. Just before, just after Louise and I and our partners, we all get married together. Oh, I like that idea, I have to say. I really do Isn't like that, that idea. That's so nice. Uh, the music would be Angry Anderson suddenly from ne- Neighbours. That, that's, the, that's the theme tune. <laughs> Okay, do you want one from me? Go on then, hit me up. Okay, so the, the, the one that really stood out to me for this week was um, something that I still marvel at. Maybe I have a small brain, but I still marvel at it um, whenever I use them. And it was the thing that really gave me my first taste of freedom when I was like probably 10 or 11. And I remember just being so appreciative that these things were invented and I still bloody well am. Um, and that is earphones. Oh. Yeah, and I remember being a kid and always, you know, we always holidayed in Ireland. We never went abroad to Spain or like France or whatever, and I always wanted to. So yeah. we always had to drive all the way from Dublin to Kerry, which was like a ridiculously long journey. And it was always pissing rain for the entire holiday. And I'd be in the back and I was always getting car sick and puking on the, oh, just puking everywhere and stuff. It was awful. Things never change. Such an Irish holiday, like. But when I was introduced to earphones, it changed everything. It changed like my car journeys. It changed dealing with my parents. It changed how I travel now because I cannot get on the tube without having my own sound system. Now, obviously I have headphones now rather than earphones, but back in the day it would have been earphones. And I, I think it's one of the best inventions ever in our generation. It's a good point. It doesn't get the credit it deserves, does it? You know, people talk about like the light bulb and, and you know, train travel, and bridges, stuff like that. You know, <laughs> Brunel gets a load of accolades, doesn't he? But who, who invented headphones? Because they are great. And, and there's nothing worse than that that feeling when you sit your ass mm. down on, on a train or tube journey, put your hand in your bag and you've forgotten your headphones. And you, you're going to have to like entertain yourself or, or even forget, forgetting your phones even worse. But like entertain yourself or not being able to block out all the absolute tosses that this world is absolutely jam-packed with at the moment. And that's why there's this thing at the moment where people bring their phones onto trains and public transport and listen to listen to music through their just no, speaker no, no, on the end no, of the no, phone. No, 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 no. Like, why would, it's so rude is the first word that comes into my head. And secondly, yeah. how is that enjoyable, listening to anything through your iPhone speaker? Like, gross. Speaker, no, I know. And then also, these people have a, have a conversation through, like they're, like they're on that... Um, uh, getting getting items task in the in the apprentice where they're trying to talk into the end of their phone as well. It's like don't share it with everybody else. The the whole good thing about headphones is privacy. Uh, and do you remember your like first set of headphones? I remember having an orange sponge earphone, really thin metal head strap bit for the Walkman. What was yours first one like? Wasn't the first one like multicolored? Yeah, and really bright and yeah, cool. Yeah, and yeah. you know what the first tape I was I listened to on that. This is not cool at all. It was The Simpsons, like, um, do you remember the Bartman CD? Yes. What a song? <laughs> hey, we're talking about songs that might come back in and worth playing in a DJ set. Doing the Bartman could be it. Oh my God. I used to I listen to that song. I love that song. It's so clever. Like, it's, and I love Lisa's song as well. I don't like it now, but back in the day, I would have loved Lisa because I was the little sister. But definitely for like, in terms of you saying blocking people out, that's what was amazing for me and still is. Like, I, you know, we know what it's like traveling in London. It's really difficult, especially in the heat. If I don't have some sort of noise cancelling headphone, 
my anger yeah. rates just go sky high. Like you really need something to sort of cushion the blow of public transport these days. I, what I like as well is is the technology and another person who should be knighted or whatever is the person who invented noise cancellation. Oh, I mean, beautiful. It should, that shouldn't just have to be for when you're listening to music. I mean, I, I put the noise cancelling thing on sometimes, just sat on the train, not even listening to anything. Same, Bush. And sometimes I do it in my flat so my partner doesn't talk to me. And Really? You're not even actually listening to stuff? No, just, just have them on in the flat. There's, there's a special Tom cancelling section. <laughs> Setting. <laughs> Uh, that's good. That's going on the list. E is for earphones. That's a good one. Um, my other half, Katie, has suggested one. I asked her to do us a little voice note, but she was too shy. Oh, come on, Louise. Katie. We love your voice. Come on. Come on now. She said, no, because of my throat. I've got, she's got a bit of a cough at the moment. Uh, like, she's some kind of thirst. And I love her accent, by the way. Her accent is brilliant. You, you and her are on a podcast together. No one's understanding anything that's being subtitles. said. Subtitles. Our podcast would just have to be called Subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again, please. Yeah. That's what we call. When I first met Katie, uh, right, we were on, we were doing this work thing together, and she was talking about a thing called a panda ball because she's from uh, the northeast. Okay, she's say, like, say well, it have again. You ever had a, have you ever had a panda ball? Panda ball. You know, when you go to a panda ball, and I was like, what's, she, what's a panda ball? Yeah. And she was talking about a, um, uh, a pound a bowl. You know, when you go, you know, you have outdoor <laughs> fruit markets. And they have a bowl of fruit for a pound. So it's got a pound of ball. And I didn't literally didn't know what she was talking about for ages. And that's how we met. Oh my Just god, that is so impenetrable good. accent. The best thing is, obviously, you know, we've got three kids and a lot of times they have to ask her, I don't understand, mummy, I don't understand what you said. Really? Thought, it's not just me. Okay. Because I've started to worry about maybe my hearing's going. But anyway, I digress. Katie says, um, E is for elastic bands, specifically that thing of making a big ball out yeah. of elastic bands. Have you ever done that before? Because um, she went online because she got a bit excited about this. I mean, I can't remember ever doing it. Um, it was, I think it's kind of an 80s thing, like, or something you do if you're in prison and got access to stationery. Uh, the Guinness Book of Records, the biggest elastic band ball ever made, was from 2008, mm. and it weighed 9,000 pounds. No! That's, that's, a, that's a heavy ball of bands, right? So how, how big do we think in objects that is, Bush? Did you get to see it? Did Katie tell you what it looked like? No, no, it was, it was purely read off her phone as we were having breakfast earlier on, so Jesus. I just have to take her word for it. But 9,000 pounds is, is huge, isn't it? That's a huge... It's huge. I know I have... I, I think I've never seen one in real life, but I've seen them in a film, like an 80s film, where someone would yeah. have one on their, like, you know, desk and stuff my question is and this might sound like a basic question how does it start like i don't even know where to start with the elastic ball thing yeah what's the first bit because you can't wrap elastic band around nothing so even if you do what's happening with that that's a really good point maybe you start with like a like a table tennis ball or like a golf ball so or... you think it needs something to like form around i don't think so bush what? Well, it's got to wrap around something. It can't just wrap around nothing, though, can it? Well, these are the questions we're trying to figure out on this podcast. Thank God for this podcast. If you've made a uh, elastic band ball at any point in your life, do get in touch. Drop me a little tweet, at Bush on the radio. Let's get it sorted out once and for all. E is for elastic band balls. So E is also for, now bear with me on this one, it's a bit of a girly one, but I have to go with it, right? Oh, right. And um, E is for an accessory that a lot of women have, um, and a lot of men have actually, but mainly women. Okay. And it is the kind of thing where like, if I'm feeling like a bit crap in the morning, or if I'm getting ready to go out and the outfit hasn't come together, right? And I've had planned it in my head and I'm like, right, I'm going to wear this, this and this. And then I go to put it on and I feel like, oh, this just hasn't worked. Like, I don't look good. My makeup's not how I want. My hair is a bit of a mess, blah, blah, blah. I add this accessory and it completely brings the outfit together. And that is a pair of gold earrings. Okay. 
Now, I... It makes all the difference, does it? Is dude, that what it is? I'm telling you. So, it's, I'm saying earrings, but I'm, I'm, I'm adding a very specific type of earring to this list, and that is the big gold hoop. Massive fuck-off hoops. I love those massive fuck-off pieces. I think they're amazing. I think they just add so much sass to an outfit. Yeah, yeah. I think they add so much, like, you know, they just really make everything come together. So I can be, like, in a pair of leggings and, like, a vintage T-shirt or whatever, and I need to go out and I'm like, oh, I need to dress it up a bit. Gold hoops. Like, it just brings the whole thing together. Even if I'm, you know, having a shit day or I'm just, like, popping out to the market and I look like crap. Gold hoops. Absolutely. How, how, big, how big are we talking here, Louise? Because obviously there's kind of little gold hoops and no, they can no, go no, quite no, big. No. No. You can almost go Pat, Pat Butcher kind of. Well, like big, I, right? I'm raising my shoulder now. I want to be able to feel them with my shoulder. Does that make sense? Mate, they, they tilt. You can hear that kind of um, um, like a magician's assistant with the, the, the hoop kind of clank as you move your shoulder up. Exactly. And going back to earphones, my hoops are so big that I have to put the head <laughs> earphone inside the hoop to go inside the ear. Otherwise, the hoops just knock them out. Whoa. Can, can a hoop be too big? How big would you go with a hoop? What's, how big is the, the limit for you? Well, if they restrict my head movement, they're too big. But anything that doesn't actually restrict what? my head movement or, like, you know, lets me do that, like I'm shaking my head, then it's too big. But you know what they say, Bush. What do they say, Louise? The bigger the hoop, the bigger the hoe. <laughs> that is a phrase I'm putting on my LinkedIn profile. Yeah. So... The- Bigger the, the big, hoop, the, well, yeah. how big are your hoops then in that case? <laughs> well, look, I mean, I, I'm not saying that I am leaning into that phrase or I'm not saying wow. that I believe it or I'm not saying it's true, but I'm just saying I like my hoops big. Wow, please let that be the, the phrase of this episode and at some point make it into a, a quote on a T-shirt. I like my hoops big. I mean, the thing that freaks me out with that is getting them caught, right? Getting You wear a lot of like... You wear a lot of like knitwear, don't you, Louise? Yeah, like in winter, yeah. Wintery knitwear. You've yeah. got hoops on. They're going for an incredibly small piercing hole in your earlobe. Yeah. What if it gets caught and hooked on something? Tell me about that. It happens all the time. The, mo- the, the most sort of treacherous thing that happens is when you hug someone and someone gives you a big hug. You know, you haven't seen them in a while, gives you a kiss and a hug and it might get stuck on something of theirs. <laughs> and they pull away and... <laughs> It, it, it'll just pull the earring right out of your ear. and Would it not rip your earlobe off? They're not, like, gonna, again, they're not the sturdiest things. They're quite thin and fragile, so, like, oh they my. do just kind of come out quite easy. But, yeah, no, I've definitely had a hoop-related injury at some point. <laughs> a hoop injury. <laughs> oh, my word. Hey, I tell you, I've got an interesting earring fact for you, right? And I read this oh, the other day, weird, weirdly enough, we should be talking about um, earrings. Have you noticed that Morgan Freeman, mm-hmm. uh, a.k.a. The, you know, the brilliant actor from, like, Shawshank Redemption, and all that kind of stuff. He always wears two tiny gold hoops, one in each ear. Have you noticed that? Does he? Like a pirate. And I've also, that's very pirate-like. And someone asked a question about it, and apparently there's a pirate thing where, if you wear, you wear, they used to wear earrings that would cover the cost of their burial if they died overseas. Oh, so you'd rip them out? Yes. Okay, wow. Pay for your own burial. There's my fact number one. And then story number two on ear, uh, earrings. My mum, obviously, Geraldine, very upstanding member of the church. She used to be a nun back in the day, all that kind of stuff. Yes. Anyway, she got these new earrings that she wore to church. I remember her wearing them to church. And she said they were like plant leaf, like leaf earrings. Um, and got quite a few people talking, etc. It was only when we got them back after a little bit later on and she was sat in the lounge with us, uh, she'd accidentally bought marijuana leaf <laughs> earrings. So I don't know what message she was sending to the congregation at the Our Lady Star of the Sea Church in Brixham, but it, I think my mum was essentially saying she's dealing now. Oh my God, that's... Uh, you couldn't write that. She just obviously didn't make that connection. No idea. She probably doesn't know what it looks like. 
Hasn't got a clue what a marijuana plant looks like, but she does now. Oh, that's so cute, Bush. Come on. God, God bless you, Jerry. Uh, e is for earrings, going straight on the list. I'm going to come back to you with another one here. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has got a special place in my heart. And I don't know if it was in your household when you were a kid. Do you remember the Encyclopedia Britannica? Oh, my God, yes. Love that book. Massive, voluminous book. If you're under a certain age, you've got no idea what we're talking about here. But uh, up until not that long ago in households around the world... Uh, the only way of finding out something was to look it up in an yeah. encyclopedia, which is mad when you think about it. There was no internet to double-check things or anything like that, or no teenager to set you right. Um, and then, you know, it was like a massive book that would live in, you know, the lounge or the kitchen or the study or whatever. Get it out, dust it down, blow the cobwebs off it as you opened it up. And it would tell you stuff about, you know, facts about dinosaurs mm. or kings and queens, etc. And I just, I look back on it now and that wasn't even that long ago and it just seems so weird. So we, my dad's quite into antique furniture, right? And so he'll go around and he'll go to various auctions and have his eye on a piece and then he'll buy it. So he bought this like stunning bookcase. I think it might've originally been in like Trinity College or something. Anyway, he bought it for our our house, you know, which was so ridiculous because our house was not big enough to house it. But anyway, he had this bookcase and he bought all of the old school antique encyclopedias to go in it. Oh, wow. So these were red leather bound um, encyclopedias, each one a different letter. And so they were on kind of show in the bookcase uh, in our living room. But I remember a few times going to it when I would have had a project. I think remember when I was in sixth class, so I would have been about 11, having to do a project on frogs. Yeah. And so I remember going to F <laughs> and great. pulling out the book and, and looking up frogs and like it being even more old school than you're talking about, because at least you're talking about like a relatively new encyclopedia. This was like an old English encyclopedia. Darwin's very own handbook. Totally, that I, was trying to, that I was trying to use in a, in a school project. But yeah, like when I think about it now, I looked at those encyclopedias probably 10,000 times because they were in our living room and I never even think about an encyclopedia now not in a million years it's weird like two things with it right first of all what a great way to go and look something up do you know what I mean like moving I imagine it was that high uh, Louise you had a ladder move the ladder along to, to F and go up and grab the F tome and open it up uh, and then secondly, it was like, there, there was. it's all right not to know. Sometimes it didn't have it in there. So you just didn't know, which was great. Because, you know, you're kind of so used to getting the answer to everything yeah. really quickly now. And the mystery's kind of gone a bit. And then the other thing is, and I think a lot of people don't even think about this or aren't aware of it. You know, when you Google something, that's not just random what the first few searches are. That There's a reason why they're putting that information. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theory. At the top you know, of smoking the list. Some of the stuff that my mum's earrings are all about here, but... You know, there is, there's a hierarchy of, of stuff that they're pushing to you in a particular order for a certain reason. But I don't think people really think about that. So, you know, old school with Encyclopedia Britannica, it's just more simple times. I do miss it. Should we start bringing... Oh, no, we can't. it's too old school, isn't it? Like, we have everything at the tip of our finger. It would be so weird if we if we started a campaign trying to bring encyclopedias back. I would like to, I'd like to, though. I'd like to look really? something up. You see, yeah, I mean, we, you know, like, do we at university and stuff? Do people still go into libraries or is it just... Is it all online now? I used to love sitting in the library and maybe getting a flirtatious bit of uh, back and forth with a with a young lady who's also doing some research in there. Are those days gone? I think those days are gone. But do you remember like having to bring that big fat encyclopedia? I remember I brought one of the old school ones, the antique ones, to the library to photocopy a page. 
And yeah. like, do you remember having to photocopy stuff and then like go oh, about, go about your highlighting a, business? a sheet and all that kind of stuff. Oh my god! I remember my dad being so annoyed because apparently I damaged the spine of the encyclopedia. He's very protective of his of his uh, encyclopedia. I mean, me and my brother used to have we used to we used to, used to love old books. Even didn't care what was in them, but like yeah. you know, you talking about the red. Yeah. embossed outer and we used to when we were kids used to pretend they were wizard spell books and cast spells at each other I'm not surprised that's a game yeah. if, you, if you're you know nearing the end of school holidays running out of ideas uh, let your kids pretend they're wizards uh, so there you go going on the list E is for the Encyclopedia Britannica <laughs> So I'm going to stick something in now that I'm not necessarily putting in the positive pile. Uh And this is very controversial, Bush, okay? But I have some strong feelings about it. Oh, go on, go on. So what I'm going to put in is exercise. (laughs) And the reason I'm putting exercise in is because everyone has told me that if I exercise, I will get this like euphoric feeling and this feeling that I've really achieved something and that I'll get these endorphins flowing through my body and like I'll just feel amazing. Yeah. Which never once has that happened to me. Like, not <laughs> once have I been on the treadmill and thought afterwards, God, I feel good after that. Right. I, I hate it from beginning to end. Have you ever done jogging? Have you ever tried, like, local jogging yeah. around? What, how was that for you? So during COVID, I did Couch to 5K. Right. Um, other apps are available. And I I did it around uh, Hackney in, in the, the local parks. And, I mean, I did it and I completed it. And by the end of it, yeah, I was running 5K. Did I feel good about it? Like... Not physically. Right. I just don't get, I don't have that. Like, like, and loads of people talk about it. it's great for your mental health, so important, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't get any kick out of it whatsoever. Do you know, I, I agree with you. I mean, I tried to get into to jogging a few times and it just makes me feel like, like really clammy uh, and, and um, sad and just tired for the rest of the day. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I'm haunted by working in radio where we used to, every year we used to do the commentary for the Bristol Half Marathon at the yeah. finish line and you see people like shitting themselves and keeling yeah. over and wetting themselves I just think what is, what is this why are people getting involved in this what are, they, what are they doing 100% I remember watching a race years and years ago and it was a woman coming towards the finish line of a race and her legs were just like failing her they were like jelly yeah. and she just kept falling <laughs> over and I was like why would anyone <laughs> why do people do, do this, this? horrendous like you know and also gyms as well I've tried to, I've, I've joined a load of gyms over the years and thought right this is it I'm going to turn over a new page I'm going to, I'm going to be a gym guy I'm going to the gym two or three times a week or whatever. And you just go in there, I just hate everyone in there. I hate all the, I, I hate people who put like, um, like a phone on something and then a towel on something to try and bagsy, bagsy and stuff. And do you, people do that? Like a up. sunbed on holiday, do they? Yeah, I know. It's like, but you can't bagsy stuff. It's just, it makes me more angry than I was when I went in there. Do you know what I mean? So it's just mm. not worth it. I couldn't agree more. Okay, so I'm, so, I really thought I'd have to like, you know, sort of convince you with this. It doesn't sound like I no, have I to do any convincing. We're sticking exercise in, but in the like, not so positive vein. What do you want? I want to get. I want to get one of those. Uh, do you remember that you, you see them if you watch late night TV? Those machines that you attach to your abs and then they just yeah. electrocute you whilst you're watching telly. And you get <laughs> do six they pack. work? I don't do know they if they work. work. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'd love to give it a try. I really would love to give that a try. Um, e is for exercise. Uh, Nick has tweeted us to say hi, guys. Espresso, or rather, the singular inability of so many cafes or coffee shops and the general population to pronounce it correctly. Espresso, espresso with an S. There's no such thing as an espresso. Stop getting coffee wrong. And in fact, he sent a photo of what I believe is his local cafe, and they've put an X there for espresso. Yeah, it is quite. Um, it is quite frustrating when you see that, isn't it? It is. It, it makes me. It makes me not want to get my coffee there because I'm like, they don't know what they're doing. I, I, I'm sensing. I, I can't remember this, but I'm sensing you have quite a 
wind up of a coffee order. When when myself and you and the lovely Mel Gedroich used to do a radio show together, and I mm. thought, you know, I'll go, I'll go and get the coffees, I'll go and get the hot drinks from uh, Nero around the corner. I remember I used to have to like literally take four sheets of A4 to write down you and Mel's order because <laughs> you're both so irritating with your coffee order. What's your coffee order, Louise? But do you know what? Before I get, uh, actually, I don't. I think it's quite low maintenance these days. Um, I it's there's just so much choice now with various milks. Various flavors, dashes, various, of stuff. Totally, like syrups and stuff. Like we are a bit spoiled, I think, these days with um with coffees. No, I'm just um, an americano now with coconut milk and a little bit of honey. There you go. There you go. That's a, that's extra. What do you mean? That's, that's just extra. Do you think so? What's yours? I, 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 like black coffee. Black coffee. We're just like milk, normal milk. None of that. None <laughs> of that. Ah, uh, none of that. Um, almond milk. Yeah. <laughs> Mel's one though, Mel's, I can't even remember what it was now. I've probably got it on my phone somewhere, but it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it Mel, Mel Gedroich's um, hot drink order is, is a paragraph. It really is. I even changed my name when I was in Starbucks. They didn't, no one recognised <laughs> me ordering that muck. Uh, so yeah, Nick, thank you for that. Uh, e is indeed for, just to wind you up one more time, Espresso. Lovely. Um, I'd love to stick in the electric blanket. I had one when I was young and uh, we lived in the country so we kind of needed all the heat we could get. I had an electric blanket and then I totally went off it. I found it too stifling, do you know what I mean? So what you did, let me, so just let me talk you through, then you, you'd get in bed or would you would, would you turn the blanket on before? It would be on for hours before. Yeah yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're getting in bed essentially and your, your, your duvet is plugged into the mains, just to confirm. Uh, the mattress. The mattress. Well, look, it's on the mattress. It's not in the. It's not in the duvet. I know, it's got it's a like, plug, though. You're attached to them. You've plugged it in, right? One hundred percent. So, what happens if, like, I piss the bed one night? Would that not just completely electrocute me? Do you know I what don't I mean? ask me. You're the one that's been sleeping in electric blankets. I know. I mean, my, these. This is why I've moved away from them. Okay, so right. I was electric blanket. I, you put it on before you got in. <laughs> then you'd get in and potentially turn it off, maybe. And, or have I it on know. for 20 minutes. I remember my granddad had one and it had like a dial on the side like he was yeah. you, you, you were using a slow cooker. Yeah, 100%. I think the idea is if you get cold during the night, you can stick it on for 20 minutes during the night and go back to sleep. But like, you do that with a chicken. You do that with a chicken on a Sunday <laughs> if, you're, if you're cooking something, Louise. It's ridiculous. But can I tell you something? If you fall asleep while it, it's on, you wake up, it's absolutely disgusting in the bed. Like, disgusting. <laughs> and then I went off it and my mum was like, I was like, I want to go back to hot water bottles. I bloody love a hot water bottle. And my mum was like, okay. And she put the hot water bottle in the bed that the electric blanket put on. I was like, this is a fire hazard. Like, if this... Oh, my word. If this hot bottle leaks, that's it. We're all going down. I think you in a bed with... Um, uh an electric blanket plugged in and a hot water bottle is in a catering sense called a ban marie isn't it when you put something in like a hot water that's just so that's so dangerous so deeply deeply dangerous i think they're a love or hate thing i'm in the hate pile i could go back to love because i used to be on the love list with them uh but i think they need to go in that's good it's going in the list uh in the a to z of everything e is for electric blankets rc uh very quickly but we're running out of time here says uh exorcists where are they these days whatever happened to the exorcists i believe that i feel like the poltergeist market gone used to be loads of poltergeists 70s and 80s don't see them anymore now and then people obviously the the people who get employed because of the work of poltergeists exorcists people doing exorcisms anymore louise i'm not too sure i don't know if people still do exorcist bush but i do know that was the film that, that that's the one film in my life that i can never ever ever watch again i found it really terrifying in my youth, and to think that actually there are real-life exorcists in the world totally freaks me out. Do you know what? It's, it, it's terrible, and I feel bad saying this. I've never seen The Exorcist, I've never seen The Omen, and I need to put that right, because I, I do like my horror movies, and I can't believe that's 
you know, two glaring errors in my movie history. Oh, you do like horrors, do you? Well, then absolutely. Otherwise, I was going to say, don't bother. They're absolutely terrifying. Apparently, loads of weird stuff happened on the set of The Exorcist when it was being filmed years ago. And apparently it is based on a true story. Absolutely horrific. Love that, love that, love that. If you are a modern exorcist, get in touch now at Bush on the Radio on Twitter and let us know how work is these days. I just want to do a quick fire round very quickly of ones we didn't get to today. And maybe we'll yep. get to them in a later episode if we if we draw E again. Um, just a couple of ones I didn't mention. Edibles. Every week. Narcotics with you every week. I know, I can't help it. Earplugs, just incredible for sleeping if you've got a snorey partner or just any sort of loud, loud um, home life. I don't like them. And then like finally, um, erections should go on. What do you mean? What do you mean? Boners. You just want to put boners in there as like a... Well, like I just think they're, you know, that's how we achieve life. <laughs> yeah, I don't quite know what to say to that, but yeah, yeah, all right, then yeah, boners. Let's celebrate boners. Well, let's call them erections. We're in e-bush. Well, we started by putting stuff up your ass, but let's end with a boner. What about that? Fantastic. <laughs> uh, right, let's draw from the bag of destiny for next week's letter that we will need your help with. And this is purely random. You can hear me put my finger into this bag. And I've pulled out... Oh, my God, this is going to be tough. Louise, can you see that there? No, is that a cue? It's a cue. Ouch, episode three, right into cue. But that's how it is. We don't know where this is going to take us. It, I could just be pluck it, pl- plucking ease out nonstop. This is, you just don't know how this is going to go. We don't want to get the same letter twice in a row, so I'm okay with cue. Okay, so cue it is next week. Oh, let's, not, let's not fear. We don't need to fear no. this. We're not we're, uh, you know, corralled by a decade like we were last time. It's anything in the world beginning with cue. Get in touch now. What do you think needs to be in next week's episode? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and that is pretty much it. Uh, you have been listening to the A to Z of everything. This is a Curious Mole production produced by Dane Smith. Music by Revolution Void. Uh, Louise, I shall see you next week for Q. See you next week, Bush. Goodbye. Goodbye.